podcast welcome to the show great to have you looking forward to having you back for more to my regular listeners you already know how i get that right into the point now before i get to before i go too far into it i want to remind everyone i want to make sure i do announce that if you have not yet make sure you subscribe to my youtube channel by the time this specific episode comes out we'll be approaching february and there'll be a lot of a lot of great things going on i've officially became a youtube partner i've officially joined the partner program also, if you are either a high school or a collegiate athlete and you're if you're a high school athlete and you're looking for the right college, you're looking to go pick the right school and find the right opportunity for you to especially to compete and get a quality education and, you know, just find that perfect match when it comes to the school that you choose. Make sure you contact me. I'm the business development uh, director for a company named proactive athletes and if you're a collegiate athlete and you are interested in doing an nil deal or having a feature written up about you that will lead to nil money make sure you contact me as well all right now as far as today's episode what i'm recording this i'm recording this episode it is about three days or about three days from christmas so it's the 27 two days actually two days away from the christmas in 2023 and there were there's been two conversations, two conversations I've had with old elder. I don't they're not old, but older adults, people who have been around a whole lot longer than I have. And there were two conversations I had with them that got me thinking about the whole concept of politics and, you know, just politics and how it works, how this entire thing works. And every time I me personally, every time I hear the word politics, I sort of cringe because. I can't stand it. I don't even like, like I, I don't watch the news. I can't t- stand watching the news. I mean, I grew up, my father would, he'd come home, throw on the news, and he'd be screaming at the TV and, you know, yelling as if he can, he's going to do something about the stuff he was hearing. Like, he can actually, you know, make something happen. And, you know, since then, my my taste for politics has always been kind of bitter. You know, if you try to get me again watching the news, I could only stand it for maybe for maybe three minutes before I just say, look, I can't take it anymore. I don't I don't like the news. I don't like the I don't like watching it. It just, in my opinion, it just kind of aggravates me being around it. It could be a lot of it could be just simply because of the way I grew up and you know how I how unhappy I would consistently see how it I made my dad so unhappy that it turned me off about watching it that's just my just my personal opinion right so i had com- i had a few conferences in fact there was there was i got a little bit before i get into the story there was actually a time a couple of years ago there's a couple of years ago and I, i'll never forget this because it, it was it fit it hit so it was so on point in terms of the way i was thinking it was a time 
there was a time one morning I was working out at the 24 hour fitness and this must have been it was like maybe 6 a.m. You know, I'm, I'm an early riser, so I grinded out pretty early and, you know, I was in good spirits. I'm just finished the workout, just showered. And the news was actually on the TVs in the locker room. And there happened to be a guy who was <laughs> he was talking about, I guess, something had gone on. Uh, there was a new governor, new senator, whatever it was. And he he uh, he, you know, and when we're in the gym, you know, you kind of spark up a conversation with the people that you, you know, you see in the locker room, whatever. And before he started talking, he looked at me, he gave me a look and he goes, look, you know, I don't I don't usually like to start talking politics this early in the morning. So I wanted that, you know, he kind of put that disclaimer out there. And I'll, I looked at him like, thank you. Thank you, man, because I don't really like talking about it at all either. However, it is important. It is important that we understand the concept of politics, that we we at least at least have the some principles and have some things that we understand about politics so we know where we're going in life. And we know like one of the things that one of the arguments that my dad used to make when I was growing up and I, you know, the it'd be the news on and I'd be wanting to watch some sort of sports show, some sports thing that was turning on. And I was trying to, you know, bargain with him in terms of who gets the TV or what we watch on TV and all that. One of the things, one of the arguments that he would make in terms of watching politics, he would always say, look, these are people who are who are making decisions that affect your life. These are the rule makers. These are the people that are doing all this. And I, you know, again, that's and that argument is a very strong argument because he's right. You know, these people that are involved in politics, your local governor, your local senator, your local congressman, all these people are involved in making some decisions that are going to affect how you live. The president, the vice president, all that kind of stuff is important to understand from a conceptual standpoint. You do have to understand the concepts of it, all right? And actually, you know what? Let me I'm going to give you a I'm going to give you a de- a def- definition of the word politics. I looked this definition up and I like I like this definition. It says the the definition of politics. I'm reading the definition of politics here. It says the activities associated with the governance of a country or other areas, especially the debate or conflict among among individuals or parties having or hoping to achieve power, all right? That last, those last four or five words are the most important parts of that definition, all right? Individuals or parties having or hoping to achieve power. It's important that we understand politics, politics and politicians and how this whole thing works, every move they're making, every decision that gets made is because they're in as an individual, whether they're talking from an individual standpoint or whether we're speaking from a, excuse me, by the way, whether we're speaking from a standpoint in which you're, you're representing a group of people, the goal of this person or this, this group of people is to achieve power is to achieve power and also achieve influence, have enough influence where you're going to get power and you're going to get to run things and you're going to create rules that make it so it happens your way. So it is very important that we understand the concept of politics. It is very important that we utilize politics and we see politics and we figure out how to utilize the politics so we can create and build and carve out a lane and carve out a life and which is going to be very rewarding for us. That part is very, very important. All right. So since 
from Christmas. First of all, let, let me take you back to it was Christmas night and I was actually working on my on the fifth book, the fifth book that I that'll be probably ready for pre-sale by the time this episode comes out. It's titled Transferring D1, a practical guide towards navigating the chaotic world of college athletics. All right, that's that's book number five, by the way, that's coming out. And it should be, like I said, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be ready for pre-order. I don't think the book is actually going to be ready until maybe the plan, the, the target date is for it to be ready sometime in March, April, for it to be like ready physically. But I know the pre-orders will go up. The pre-orders will be available going into February. That I can guarantee. That I can say assertively. That I can guarantee, right? So I was working on that throughout Christmas and I would actually spent Christmas in Miami at my aunt's house and the uh the I don't know how the conversation even came up but it might have been something that got said on TV about Trump President Trump rerunning and running for president again and I know my aunt like I know my aunt cannot stand this motherfucker like he she if if she could she would come on this show and absolutely shit on Trump like she would bash him to the point where she just hates this man there's nothing good now again i i don't pay enough attention to it to actually have a real opinion or an opinion that's worth anything i really don't I just don't pay enough attention to it however i've spoken to people who are the opposite they're on the other side they love them some trump they you know if 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 it's them they feel like trump is the greatest president of all time or will be the greatest president of all time and i brought up i brought up the fact that you know because what happened well i think there was a commercial and you know it showed that he's running again and i brought up the fact i'm like i just don't get why an individual would want to run again i don't get why an individual would after everything he done lived through in his first term and you know the the, the trouble he got into and I, if I'm him, I'm taking my money and I'm, you know, I'm out. I'm moved on. I'm like, look, I'm good off that. I tried it. I did it. And then I moved. I'm just, that's the way I would think. And then she, her, her pushback was like, no, it's because he wants power. It's because the only way that he's going to be able to stay out of jail is if he becomes president. And she got on her tangent and I posed the question to her because I know how much she can't stand the guy. I posed the question to her. I said, all right, so is there anything? Is there anyone? Like, I mean, listen, there, there's been, a lot of people who don't like me, I'm sure there's a lot of people who don't like you. I'm sure that there's just people who have developed opinions about an individual. I get all that. Is there anything? Is there one single thing? This is the way I asked the question. I said, is there one single thing that you can say that you like about this man? She goes, no, not at all. Never. I can fucking say that, you know. And then she kind of got on her tangent and all that. And then the next day, and this is this is where, this is the reason I, I, I kind of, decided to do an episode on this is because the next day when I was I teach if you don't know I teach at a, at a school named the Center for Creative Education I had another conversation with another person another black guy that cannot stand cannot stand Mr. Donald Trump and this was this was a little more serious because I live I reside out here in West Palm Beach Florida and there's a huge huge group of people that support Mr. Donald Trump out here in West Palm Beach, Florida, black, white, you know, Hispanic, doesn't matter. They are, you know, he does have a lot of Trump supporters out here in West Palm Beach. And I asked him the same question I asked my aunt and she said, and he said, nope, same question. I can't stand the guy. Trump, you know, this, that, that. I mean, just overall, completely, completely bashing the man. And I asked him the same thing. 
And again, it got me thinking between that conversation, between that kind of those, not, not that one conversation, but between those two conversations that I had with two people who are com- from completely different worlds. My aunt has born and raised in Trinidad and Tobago, moved to Miami, Florida, and now resides there. And this guy lived, is from the guy that I'm uh, referring to that I teach with at the, at the center. He is from Cali and, you know, pretty much grew up in America his entire life. And they've come to the same conclusion about Mr. Donald Trump. And the the fact that the fact that not once can they not one thing, they couldn't say one nice thing about him. And the fact that, again, I've had conversations with people who love him. It got me thinking it, ha- it has your one and only Moose Swifty speaker, which is me. All right. If you don't know, that's that's the way that's what I go by, especially on YouTube. Your one and only Moose Swifty speaker. It has me thinking and it, it made me it made me made me responsible. I put myself I put myself made myself responsible. I felt I felt obligated, so to speak. All right. I felt obligated to come on my podcast and talk to you about the importance. OK, about the importance of governing yourself. All right. Governing yourself with so many different opinions, so many different opinions and go one way, go this way. So many different people who have an opinion. And, you know, we've opened it up now. We've opened it up to where everyone can voice their opinion. They can, you know, verbally bash our president. They can verbally praise our president. Doesn't really matter. It's important that you govern yourself because this is the way the conversation This is the way the conversation actually ended between my aunt, myself and my aunt, and myself and this this colleague that I'm referring to. His name is Mr. T, by the way. This is the way I, this is was I, this was what I said to them once they kind of got over their venting, once they were able, once they were, you know, once they took a breath when it came to, you know, how they talk about, how they talk about, uh, I'm, how they talk about, I don't want to call him president, I'm just call it how they talk about Donald Trump, right? Former president Donald Trump, we'll call him like that. Right. So I said to them, all right, you see, understanding, because listen, I grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland. I grew up in the D.C., Maryland area, the DMV. And there was a there was I grew up. I was 19 years old. I just moved back home from college. It was my sophomore year and I tore my ACL. I was since 2008 and I was low. I was hurting in life. I was lost. I was first time I'm ever, ever had to, you know, wake up and not be a part of a football team. It was it was a struggle. It really was a struggle. In fact, I go into that quite a bit in the the book I just mentioned, Transfer in D1, right? And there was an individual that took the world by storm. There was an individual who took the world by storm. His name was Barack Obama. All right, Barack Obama took not only the took the world by storm, but more specifically he took the DMV by storm. He took DC by storm because he became our president of the United States. The four, he became the 44th president of the United States, and he happened to be black. He happened to be black. He was the first black president of the United States. And I was in the area. I was around. I was there the night he got elected as president. And this was back in the days when there were you know radio stations and you tune into a radio station. There wasn't all these podcasts and audio books and streaming services and which people tune into now, but there was actually a radio station that you turn into every morning and you listen to the radio. I don't even know if that's still around these days, but the radio station in the DMV that was the hip hop station. I was known as the hip hop station was 
over two, actually, there was 93.9 and 95.5. And I believe it was 93.9. And when I say 93.9, these are the actual, for you young guys out there, they're the actual channels that you, you know, you have in your car, you have the radio and you just, you, you get the satellite and you, you, you turn the knob and you go to 93.9, channel 93.9, and you get an actual radio host that is commercials, the whole thing. All right? So it was the, yeah, I guess nowadays that the old school YouTube, the old school ESPN apps and the old school apps and whatever it is you guys are on now, the old school podcasting apps and all that kind of stuff, right? So I go to 93.9 because I know it was the hip hop station and there was, it was November, it was, I believe it was November 5th the night after, the morning after the night that President Barack Obama got elected. And, I mean, it felt, at least for that morning, it felt between that and this lasted, excuse me, this lasted about a week. It lasted about a week or maybe 10 days or so where it felt like a completely different world. It felt like everyone was together. Everyone was rallying around President Barack Obama, you know, because he, and in all honesty, it's, it's, it's fair or it is exactly what it should be. You know, I wish that felt, I say it all the time. I wish that feeling, I wish that that energy would have been there the whole time. I wish we could have continued with that energy. Obviously we didn't, but you know, president Barack Obama represented America. He was the best candidate. He's from, I believe born in Hawaii, but the name, you know, the reason I love them so much because he had a funny name and he was still able to figure out a way to find a place in this world. And there was a lot of things that I resonated with his story with and all that kind of stuff. So he represented America. And that's what, that's what, that's what anyone that had any real intelligence was saying, you know, he represented America and he was the best candidate. All right. So I was listening to nine, 3.9 and they had, they had like an old school politician on, you could tell he was old school just by the, uh, just by the sound of his voice. You know, you could tell, man. And he said, the beautiful thing about what happened with President Barack Obama last night, he said, there's no telling that young black kid, that young black kid that watched everything that went on last night from the from the night, from the, the day, from the moment he voted. And by the way, President Barack Obama was the, the first time I was eligible, eligible to vote. I went with my dad to vote and I remember him waking me up that night. And, you know, there was this this glow in his eyes. He says to me, you know. You helped elect. You helped elect the first ever black president. I mean, that I, I think that that was probably one of the most proudest moments that my dad had, and myself and my dad have ever shared. Because you know, we we went together to vote, and then he looks me in the face, and he's he's like, I can't believe it. You know, all the politics that he watches, all the news that he watches, he was just moved at the fact that now president, uh, one of us, one of us, us. Black man is running, running the state, running the country. So, you know, like I said, I was listening to the radio station and he was ten, he was he was talking to me when he said there's no telling a young black kid now that they can't go to the moon and back. This man shook up the whole establishment, the way he ran his campaign. You know, he was obviously never the most likely person to get this seat, but it was so bad with the previous president that, you know, they needed some new blood. They needed some fresh blood. They needed they needed somebody new to, to take over because the Republican Party had to deal with George W. Bush, who caught such, I mean, just so many, so many things that he did wrong in that that eight-year tenure whether it's the war in iraq and all that you know all those kinds of things 
they never there was like a slam dunk situation in terms of President Barack Obama winning. We all knew he was going to win. Even in fact, you know, I was so I was so into it leading into that election. I remember the, his his competition, his competitor, his main competitor was a guy named Senator John McCain. I remember John McCain basically admitting to, you know, the whole admitting at some dinner that, look, there's no way I'm going to win this. <laughs> he said it in so many words. There's no way I can, I'm going to win this. The guy has charisma. The guy has a plan. The guy is brilliant. You know, it's going to be the time where President Barack Obama, you know, he breaks the color barrier and he becomes the first black president. So I brought I brought all that up to my aunt and to Mr. T and I was telling him, look, the only thing, the only solution that I personally see because of what I lived through and because I'm a whole lot lo younger than you guys is that there, you know, we can't depend on the government to solve our problems. We got to be the people. You know, I said this and this is something I said to them directly. And this is, again, why I'm I'm on here speaking about it. I said to them, look, we got to be our own government. We got to we got to go and develop our own power. We got to go create our own flows. This is why I'm putting so many books out. And it was funny that it was it was so funny because I was actually working on the book that, you know, I was speaking about transferring D1. I was working on the book as my aunt and Mr. T was talking. I was like, you know, I got to put more stuff out there that that helps and develops and develops and nurtures young people so we can create like us like i said in that definition we can create that group we can create that sense of community in which we go out and seek power we go and seek power and influence and create things on our own way and that is what we have to do because the politicians that we see on tv they don't they don't control they have no control as you can see we have no control because there's so many different opinions about who this person is that it gets so distracting it gets so distracting about what the policies are how they're going to help what things that they're going to do that's going to make uh, America better? What, what policies are they going to make that's going to make our lives better? What laws are they going to make that are going to make it so we are able to work together? That's absolutely impossible for, for a person to be responsible for that large of a group and then make a decision that every single person agrees with. It's just absolutely impossible. In fact, I'll, I'll even close you out. I'll close you out with this. It, it was around... 2020 it was around 2020 when there was this huge i mean just constant feud between donald trump and the nba players there was there was a back and forth between lebron james and donald trump not only lebron james but donald trump and all of the nba players all the nfl players i believe it was when yeah i believe it was when the nfl players were kneeling during the national anthem and donald trump went on national tv the president the president of the free world goes on national tv and says you know i would love it for one of those nfl owners to 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 see a play when a player disrespects the flag like that get off my field you're five you son of a bitch <laughs> he called them son of a bitches like a president called them son of a bitches like i'm like yo this dude is this dude is crazy for him to do like I, I mean again this is a person you're speaking to a person that doesn't even follow politics like that but i saw that clip and i'm like yo did he really just say that as the as the president of the united states and i thought that was i thought that was nuts right so because of that you know he only lasted one term by the time he got to 2020 yeah this was around 2020 in which it was time for you know re-election and all that the there was such a surge it was such a 
urgency amongst NBA players and NFL players and all the people that had a lot of influence in this, a lot of fame and influence. There were there was such a surge to get Donald Trump out of there to get them to vote, to get that to have black and brown people have the communities have people get out and vote. There was all sorts of a you know organizations being made that made it really really easy. Websites were going up, campaigns were going, all sorts of things were going on. Go out and vote, go out and vote, go out and vote, and made it really really easy for people to go out and vote. Right, so. The uh, it was during the bubble. It was while the NBA was going through the bubble, right? They were still in the bubble and all that. Where LeBron James he brought in President Barack Obama to speak, you know, to speak about all the the, the unrest, the civil unrest. You know, again, this was also the year where the George Floyd murders happened, and there was a ton of things. It's COVID. It's the George Floyd stuff. It was a lot of. We were kind of at a crossroads four years ago when it comes to just where we were in America. It's a completely different place than we were in 2008. I'll tell you that right now. All right, so we were at a crossroads. And I, I love the fact that LeBron brought in President Barack Obama to, to, to speak on, I believe it's his platform that he calls in Uninterrupted. And there's, you know, free-flowing conversation at a barbershop. I love that concept, by the way. But he brought Barack Obama in to speak, and Barack Obama said something in that entire interview, and I watched the entire thing from start to finish. He said something that was very powerful. I'm going to leave you guys with this thought. He said that there was a group of, especially a group of black people that voted Barack. He said a large, I believe he, he actually said it was a large group of black people that voted him in, that voted him in during the 2008 election and the minute that they voted him voted him in it was more so they weren't about you know all that energy that they had previously when it came to all the policies and how much they love Barack Obama and how much they're going to help America and all that stuff he said this is this is coming straight out of president Barack Obama's mouth he said that there was a group of black people that by the time he got in office they were like ah right, you know go about your business barack <laughs> He said there was that group, and I. The thing is, he said it, and this is why you gotta love this man because you know he talks the way he talks, the whole swag, the everything. President Barack Obama, you know, he's one of the, he's one of us. He's he's down with it. Man. He's just he's just he's just smooth with it. No, he don't talk like no actual politician. So you gotta love the guy. So he uh he he said, yo, there was that group of black people that put him in office. They looked at him and was like, all right, Barack, go about your business, man. You know, you good. <laughs> we got you in. We're going to go do what we do. And that is the problem. That is the issue right there. And, and for those of you, if this is your first time listening to the show, I, this is what I do. I present a problem, and then I talk about how to fix it. Right there, everything President Barack Obama said, that is the problem we got to fix. We can't look at these politicians and say that they're going to solve our problems. You, you know who we got to look at? We got to look at the person that we see in the motherfucking mirror. We got to look at the people, the person that we see in the mirror. We got to look at ourselves and say, what the fuck am I doing? What the hell it is am I doing to make it so I have some influence, that I have some power, that I can cultivate and I can create opportunities for myself, my family, my loved ones, and anyone that's willing to follow me or anyone that's willing to believe in what it is I'm about. What can I do? And if you take that approach, again, 
you will, you may, again, you may not get, not, not may, you definitely won't get everything you want, but you will have a clarity. You have a sense of clarity on what your next steps can be. And you'll be moving in a direction. You'll be moving in a direction in which you can gain control over your life and stop looking, stop looking for other people. Stop looking for politicians and looking for people to blame for you not having your own shit together. That's where we got to get to. That's the problem we got to fix, whether it's Trump in office, whether it's McCain in office, whether it's the, the Biden in office, Sarah Palin. I don't give a shit who it is uh, or even the one DeSantis. And oh, my gosh, <laughs> I brought up DeSantis with my aunt and Mr. T and I, I didn't even want to didn't even start that conversation. But it doesn't matter who it is. And that was the where I that was where that's kind of what I said in that conversation. I don't give a damn who it is. It's our job. It's our job as the adults, as the older black folks to make sure we're providing for our kids, providing an example and creating things that our kids are going to be able to follow. Our kids can latch on to and say, all right, I can follow that. I can get with that. And we're going to move in that direction. That's where we got to go. That's the mindset that we need to take. And if we take that mindset, you will, you will, especially if you listen to me, you will, you will start to you will start to see things change up for you and you will not be in this place where you're blaming politicians for your problems. All right. Fellow teammates continue to move swiftly. We will talk more soon.